No my Heidi my Picky my Kaki my welcome to the panel with me Guy and Espiner in for Wallace Chapman this week. Well, today on the panel we look at misinformation. If you thought it was just at the fringes, well that's false. A survey done for the Department of Prime Minister and Cabinet shows that four in five New Zealanders hold at least one belief related to misinformation. We'll talk about that. Two Māori women are banned from a co-governance meeting in Christchurch amid accusations of racism. We talked to a former Race Relations Commissioner about how that debate got ugly and what it might say about the coming election campaign. And super cool swimmers. They're competing in the first ever official ice swimming championships at Blue Lake in central Otago. And if you need something to take the edge off after that, you could try the Altered States Bar in Invercargill. The catch is it's booze-free, a booze-free bar and bottle shop. You can text us on 2101 with your views or email us at thepanel at rnz.co.nz. And with me on the panel this afternoon are freelance journalist Sally Wenley, who's currently working for RNZ on the Rural News. Kia ora, good afternoon to you. Kia ora. Go on, hi. Thanks for coming in. And Simon Pound's also with me in the Auckland studio. Kia ora. Kia ora. Simon is a startup brand partner and at Previously Unavailable, is that right? Yeah. And host of the Business is Boring podcast, which he makes very unboring. So welcome to you too, Simon. Nice to have you in the studio this afternoon. Let's start with having a bit of a rifle through the mail bag. We call it a mail bag, but I think most of it's electronic today. Um, Lotto, we were talking this week about... I don't know if you guys have um, seen that story about the Miravale winning Powerball ticket worth $33 million, which so far still has been unclaimed, so the person either doesn't know they've won or is keeping super cool. Actually, I think <laughs> that they've gone to Europe for a holiday. Look, it's Maryvale, and it's that time of the year, and it's a bit cold yeah. in the mainland, so they probably you know, sent the nanny down to get the ticket. It might be in the French and it, and it's Yeah, and it's sitting in the kitchen drawer. <laughs> so I think they're over in Europe and they'll have a nice surprise when they come back. Yeah, that, that'll pay the visa card bill off, eh? Either that or there's a whole lot of people in Maryvale like wildly shaking out all their trousers and looking for a ticket <laughs> that they've lost. I think there's a bit, a bit of that going on. Um, this one in during the week as a message from a listener saying that it's a real shame that the lottery can't be distributed more because it's a, it is a winner-takes-all scenario. Um, Sue Kedgley was on the panel this week and she asked Lotto, why don't you make it... $33.1 million prizes rather than $33 million. The answer was that the higher the jackpot, the, the surge in the number of tickets. So they make most of their money when the Powerball starts to go over about $15 million, then people surge in because, oh no, you wouldn't get out of bed for a million dollar prize, would you? Yeah, oh, oh, no, never. No. I think that's ridiculous, having to have just one million. It's all or nothing, and that's the whole point it's, of a lottery, it'd, isn't it'd, it? It'd hardly do a oh, shop at the supermarket. Oh, what are you thinking? <laughs> there. Yeah. It'd fill your tank up and give you half a trolley. Yeah, that's right, and you might be able to buy a letterbox in Grey Lynn for yeah. that too. A couple, um, a couple of blocks of cheese. In the downturn, yeah. Um, also talked this week about the phone ban in schools. I mean, this is a massive, um, this whole screen time thing. I saw another story out today saying the amount of screen time that kids are getting. They're spending, what, half their non-school time on, on their screens. Um, so that's a big issue. In the Netherlands, they've banned phones and other devices, including tablets, in schools. And we've is had a lot of feedback on that. Is that in the class or just school across the board? 
school across the board, Great. I think, that, the way that they're yes. going. And then um, Finland have done something pretty similar. Uh, we had a text in this week from Peter Thompson who said, my school has had a no phones in class policy since last year. The kids are really happy and there are no bullying issues, etc. Because it's not just, you know, it's not just them watching the screens and watching, mm. you know, reruns of Friends or whatever it is. Um, it's actually being exposed, isn't it, to the cyberbullying side of it, which is the ugly, more sinister side. Yeah, right? my daughter's school, last year they did have phones in class and I couldn't believe it. Um, and she texts me about picking up or going to something outside school. And this year they have a little, um, whole lot of pockets at the front of the class. So they take them in, they put them all there and no phones. I think it's fantastic because as you say, you don't know what they're texting. Um, there's that bullying issue. And for goodness sake, they're in the class to learn with the teacher. Imagine how frustrating it was for the teacher having all these um, teenage girls on their phones distracted. Yeah. And from a practical side of things, if your kid's been on their phone all day at school, you've got nothing left to bribe or threaten them with at home <laughs> in terms of access. Absolutely. Um, and w- with the with the phones, I mean, you kind of want to be able to get in touch with them nowadays. If they're, especially going so-and-so for a sleepover or something, you kind of want to stay in touch, but then you don't want them to be you know, on Instagram or something, mm. worrying about their body image. Yeah. Um, maybe it's time to bring back those old Nokia uh, ones, you know, the old yeah, not-so-smartphones. Yeah, yeah where that you, sounds very smart. Where, where you can't actually go online with them. So we had a big run through that uh, this week. Also, the, the issues at Oranga Tamariki we were talking about this week, and we had a lot of feedback about this, including this listener who said that Oranga Tamariki is now a national disgrace. The reasons we elect politicians and ministers is to make sure these things don't happen. This is in reference to, well, there's been a series of scandals, haven't there, recently at Oranga Tamariki. I mean, they had the kids on the roof. That wasn't so bad. Got them down with the help of a bit of KFC. But there was the issue of um, basically sort of fight club yeah. where they were forced to have these fights and they were being filmed, of course, onto social media. But the horrifying bit about that story for me was that the Oranga Tamariki staff were, were standing by watching. Um, so, I don't know if you guys can solve um, Oranga Tamariki's problems in a in a minute or so, but they look at each other. Oh. <laughs> Feels like you it know, is we... yeah, an extremely awkward and actually sad situation where it got to that. And the staff, as you say, there are historical allegations of issues you know, in youth facilities through Oranga Tamariki. Um, so why hasn't it been fixed and is it a staff issue or is it a culture issue? <sighs> Who started it and what can they do? I guess when you've got, you know, some of the most troubled and vulnerable young people, it's it's always going to be pretty tough. But the state has a terrible record in this area, don't they? And we've got yes. that inquiry into abuse in state care, which was the old the old form of it, I know, for, for older mm. people in some respects. But it has been a real um, ongoing sore, hasn't it? And it's no different for this government. We also talked this week about Dine and Dash, um, which was the Tori Whanau, um story, the Wellington mayor uh, going out on the lash on a Friday night, uh, getting tipsy, not paying the bill, apparently asking the waiter, do you know who I am? I got to ask you. I got to ask both of you. Have you ever, ever forgotten to pay the bill at a restaurant? I have. Yes, I have. Is there a good had story a, behind that that you can had tell lots on the radio? Of fun, you know, with friends and blah blah blah. Yes, got on the lash as the mayor did, and yeah. um, just wandered out. Didn't pay your share or didn't pay the whole bill. 
didn't pay the whole bill. <laughs> yes. Simon? So I went back. Yeah. Oh, like the next day. I mean, it's kind of like it's obviously awful, right? But it's kind of spectacular as well. Hey, it feels like something out of a um, an episode of Veep or yes. out of um, out, out of House of Cards or something. You know, it's like kind of fantastically colourful, even if it's definitely you know not to be advised. Yeah, I, I have one fairly benign story about not paying the bill. It was at a lunch, and I wasn't I wasn't even drinking or anything. I'd come up. Um, I'd been living in Christchurch, where they always want the money in advance. <laughs> <laughs> And so you've always just, paid, your, just your table, well, or? maybe we were bogans in those days, so we probably didn't look terribly uh, attractive as customers. And he came up to Auckland, which I thought was very sophisticated and was far more sophisticated. It was somewhere like SPQR or someplace, and um, you paid the bill after because it's more sort of European. And um, I just sort of wandered off and <laughs> heard these footsteps running behind me oi, and uh, got, got hit up, but uh, made made good uh, made good on the bill in the end. Promise you that, guy. And I can't imagine you being a bogan, can't you? Yeah, no, no. that does. Uh, I, no. Wait till wait till I play the power ballad. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's <laughs> favourite part of the week. Yes. Well, speaking of music, we're just going to uh, tease Sally's thoughts up here with a song. Definitely a non-Bogan song, that one. Um, context, please, Sally. Why are we playing Madonna? I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist having this on because it's a really happy song. It's actually Madonna's one of her first hits, apparently. And I was thinking about social media, and I've been looking at Facebook, but I've actually stopped myself because there's all these people, which is great, overseas and tropical holidays, on islands, doing what they do, wearing their bikinis. And I was feeling a bit low, and I thought, actually, I'm going to make this a pretty cool staycation in Auckland. And I'm working part-time, but I've got my teenage daughter doing holiday stuff. So we've been having fun. We've been with other friends. Yesterday we went to Rainbow's End and that was full on. And we're like wandering around the waterfront and we've been up to K Road. We plan to go there, look through secondhand shops. We're going to the Auckland Art Gallery tomorrow. We've been to the museum. And because so many people, sure there are people visiting, but a lot of actual Aucklanders go out of town. um, It's a great time to be in the city. Oh, absolutely. Auckland without the Aucklanders is fantastic. Yeah. Yes, it is. It is. It is. And uh, and it's just that there's a different, diverse lot of people because a lot of them are other New Zealanders coming to Auckland. So I'm having my staycation with my daughter and enjoying it. I think that's very, it. very cool. Um, yeah, Instagram's terrible like that. I don't know if you've got an Instagram account, but um, I reluctantly signed up to it um, a few months ago. But it's um, quite a hit to the ego, isn't it, when you see these photos of people doing their great trips and things, and you're like, mm, okay. Yeah, yeah, it's just... Um, I'm skulking around the K-Road thinking, oh, it's, it's dark and a bit glum, and we're here, and I thought, no, turn it around. I like the sound Don't of your Don't need to look at social media. Do you know media. what's on at the art gallery at the moment? Yes, there are a few different exhibits. There's one about light and shade. Oh, I've seen that one. That's fantastic. Yeah, That's yeah awesome. so we're looking yeah. forward to seeing yeah, that one. Yeah, have got a Kandinsky, which is worth the admission price alone. It's awesome. Mm. Yeah, and it's uh, Pizarro and Monet and all those Wonderful guys. It's fantastic. Yes. Terrell room. It's, it's, a, it's, a, Tate, yeah. it's a Tate. Um, it's yeah, a, it's a Tate's master. Yeah, they hate to see the insurance bill on that one. A bunch of turners that, you know, 
know, are some of the yeah. really key parts of yeah. a British collection. Yeah, yeah. And they've sent them out. Aren't we lucky? Oh, lucky. But it was very good. You didn't buy the winning lottery ticket when you were And the Auckland Museum, speaking of exhibits, has got a mummy there at the moment. They've got a wonderful Egyptian show on. Where'd they nick that from? Oh, let me think. Yeah. Um, you could be quite a good tour guide, Sally, for Auckland. Thank you. Yeah. Simon, I'd, I'd rather work here, though. Yeah. Thanks for offering. Yeah. Part-time at the moment, so you've got a bit of time, uh-huh. hey? Yep. Simon, what's been op- occupying your mind this week? Well, not to turn Radio New Zealand, the panel, into a Facebook neighbourhood community group for uh, airing a complaint, but saw with real interest that there was a story on one of the big news shows about the increase in dog complaints and complaints about roaming dogs and the like. And was able to reflect on what's happening in our community. We live in Waterview in Auckland and on the local Facebook group. Uh, there have been, over the last couple of months literally dozens of complaints about one household's roaming dogs. And those roaming dogs have, and it's, you know, not funny at all, but um, bailed up um, elderly people, bailed up children, bailed me up. I'm a over six foot uh, tall, confident with dogs person, and I had to like be very aggressive. What to sort get of dogs of are we talking about? Do you think, um, big old kind of staffy cross, yeah, like yeah, three, three, yeah. big old box three Once kind of thing. Once you cross the road to avoid. Oh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah, good, yeah not good, not yeah. good. Kids aren't riding their bike. Every time something happens, right. like people have had to stop and get out of the car to like um, help people out of situations. Mm-hmm. And it's all over the Facebook group. And there have been, you know, dozens and dozens of complaints. Um, Many, many complaints, at least a couple of dozen to animal management, and nothing happens. So it's been two months at least of this, uh, and I don't know what is meant to happen. So if you have two months of an entire neighbourhood and, you know, scores and scores of complaints about people feeling very threatened – and nothing ever happens. What does it take? Like yeah, a face being bitten off? Like, yeah, what are you meant yeah. to do? And I, so just wondering, like, what, what are you meant to do in that situation where everyone in the street is, a, is afraid to send their kids to school on their own? So my wife walks up to meet our kid at the bus stop. The kids down the road oh. won't um, ride to school anymore. And, like, no one can do anything. And everyone's made the complaints and followed the right procedures. But nothing changes. Part of it um, seems to be the actual just increase in number of dogs, right? Like um, in the COVID lockdown, um, lots of people got dogs. I think there's, there, there are more dogs to complain about, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and you know, not this is very kind of, you know, one one little bit of anecdata, but there are like scores and scores of things from the same household. And it's kind of amazing how one household that are antisocial can change the whole character of, you know, streets in a neighbourhood as yeah. well. Like, how but much of our social ring, contract ring relies Wayne on Brown, decency? If he's not playing tennis, he might, he might be a help. Well, he yeah. might have taken the, the dog control area of the council out of his budget, and it's not allocated, he maybe. Might have, he might have. Yeah, but how's everyone else going? What would you do? <laughs> yeah, <that's, laughs> let's find out. Yeah, let us know um, if you've got any advice on that, or if it's your dog that Simon's talking about. 2101 mm-hmm. on the text, you can reach us, or you can email us at the panel at RNZ. After the news, we're going to be talking about co-governance, an alcohol-free bar, and those 60 million stockpiled rat tests.